0: The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello, and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corliss, and you are listening to PA, the chat talking dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 15-plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So, put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Welcome back. Thanks for coming and tuning in to of Chat. It must be Friday. <laughs> um... I have had a very busy week. I feel like uh, I say that every week, but it just keeps on getting crazier. Um, As many of you know, I've been commuting back and forth between Philadelphia and New York, uh, as I've been building towards our move to New York in October. So. Luckily, things have been working out well, and I'm practically on the bus every single day. So um, it's just a little crazy, and the summer is just going to get even crazier. So I'm really looking forward to having our own apartment in New York City so that I can sleep until. 9 a.m. and get home at 9 p.m. instead of getting home at 1 a.m., 1.30 in the morning and then getting up at 6.30. It's actually 10.30 right now and just got back from New York and I needed to record this. So here we are. Anyway, if you want to take classes with me uh, this summer, I have tons of classes in New York City um, and also across the country. I, what do I have right now? I have advanced beginner ballet at 6 p.m. on Fridays at Broadway Dance Center. Um, That's through September at least. I have basic ballet on Sundays at 6 p.m. at Broadway Dance Center, and that's through at least the end of August. I'm also teaching a ton of advanced intermediate ballet classes at Steps on Broadway between now and uh the end of July mostly Monday Wednesday Friday at 2:30 p.m. so check their schedule i'm also teaching contemporary intermediate and advanced uh intermediate contemporary at steps in July Um, And then beyond that, I'm doing a residency at uh, the Nower Theater, the Uptown. It's it's a new program in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Um, It's a week-long contemporary ballet intensive, if you're interested in that. You can contact me, and I can give you information on that. And then I'm also doing master classes while I'm choreographing uh, on Uptown Dance Company in Houston, Texas. So lots of options, lots of good stuff happening. and if you need more information on that, you can contact me on Facebook, on my webpage, or uh, you can just check out my Facebook because I usually post my schedule there. So, got that out of the way. Um, I've been trying to think what I wanted to do this week, and I'm actually going to rehash an old blog. Uh, <laughs> I wrote this blog on Christmas Day on two, in 2014. Um, <clears throat> every once in a while, I'll, I'll rehash a blog. A bag, a bag. Obligity blog. Uh, Every once in a while I'll I'll rehash a blog on here um, because I've ridden over 180 posts at this point on Life of a Freelance Dancer is actually what started me before I got to this podcast. So, if you haven't read it or if you haven't heard of it, go check it out. It's Life of a Freelance Dancer, um, it's on blogspot.com. So, uh, but what I wanted to talk about today is I mean, I think that this one was really funny, and um, I am not religious at all. I'm Jewish. Uh, I was raised Jewish. I was bar mitzvahed. um But I'm not really religious. I mean to each their own um and when I wrote this list uh it was a list post for this blog um my intention was not to offend anybody so if you're listening to this and (laughs) you are offended by it my apologies I was never meant to make fun of any religion because I'm not um I was just saying exactly what the title of this blog was 12 reasons that dance is my religion um really do think that it is my religion. Um, So I'm going to share an idea of what I wrote on this blog. Um, And typically on this blog, I do write about freelancing, but at a certain point, it started to turn into other things. Um, And now that I have this podcast, I can talk about whatever I want to. So today I'm talking about why dance is my religion. So number one, Dance has been a part of my life since I was a very young age. (laughs) I don't know if I've actually told the story on here, but when I was two years old, I would run into my sister's dance class uh, and interrupt it, and my mom couldn't hold on to me. So after a few times that I had run in and interrupted the class, the instructor, instead of being upset or annoyed um, or angry, she saw an opportunity. I mean, a little boy that's running into creative movement class? I mean, how many times do you get that opportunity? So instead of reprimanding my mom or instead of getting upset with me, she actually invited me to stay in class if, if I would behave. And I did. So from that young day of my early, early life, I've been immersed in the ways and the morals of dance. Much like... People are born into families of a certain religion. If you see where I'm going there. <laughs> Alright. Second. Walking into a, a dance studio every day is like walking into a place of prayer for me. Every morning I begin my morning ritual of plies, tendus, jetes, rond de and beyond. Or in a religious sense, or non-religious sense, plies are like my morning coffee and the rest of bar is like my breakfast. I can't really start my day without it and the days that I don't uh now that I am officially retired from performing even though I still take class as many days as a week as possible um the days that I don't um I feel it and I think that it's not just my body isn't waking up I think that my mind is cloudy because it's just like almost like turning on a light switch I have to like go through all of that and you don't want to see me before class I I'm haggard <laughs> um So, yeah, that's number two. Number three, even my everyday activities are ruled by dance. And even this is true even after my performance career. career. I I think before anything that I do, how these activities affect my dancing. Exercise, uh, risky activities. Like, I've never been skiing. Um, I've been horseback riding, but I don't do it very often. Um, I used to roller skate competitively, which I can't believe I just said that on my podcast. Uh, But... I guess it's out there now and I'm not going to pause and re-record it. I used to roller skate competitively, just like ice skaters do. So I was doing axles and lotses and things like that. Um, But yeah, what other activities? Going out drinking with friends, how much sleep I get at night, and so much more. There's so much that uh, I think about before I I do all these activities. Alrighty, so the fourth reason that dance is my religion... (laughs) Uh, those people that I hold in highest esteem are my mentors and my fellow colleagues that are professionals across the dance world. Whether they're performers, whether they're educators or uh, administrators, or just major advocates for our art form, I, I don't worship these people per se, but I have more respect for them, their work ethic, and they the inspiration that they they give than most anybody else um they're like my little dance deities <laughs> uh but yeah seriously i i i don't i'm not a worshiper type person like i i don't have really i don't really think i have heroes because i'm always afraid if i meet them that they're going to disappoint me but the people that i really look up to uh and that uh, inspire me are are people in the dance world Next up, uh, whenever going through a difficult experience, I turn to dance to express myself, to heal my wounds, and to fill myself with joy. Um, For instance, when I got fired from Ballet X, um, the whole situation experience that I had gone through, eventually I created a solo um, from that experience. And I actually performed it in the Philadelphia Fringe Festival back in I think that was in 2000, it must have been 2012. Um, so it, it truly is. And even if like I'm having kind of an off day, not even like something major happened, but say that I'm just feeling kind of crappy or I'm melancholic, or even if the weather is bad and it just makes me a little moody. Um, sometimes I'll just go into the, the big studio at my, my local gym and I'll, I'll improv around there. Um, it really is... Uh, the best way to express yourself and it's it's not i think it's not just because it is like truly me like i can't move unlike myself um <clears throat> but i think it's also because you don't have to Use words. Because sometimes words can get confusing when you're trying to express yourself. Um, and then beyond that, you get a physical reaction. Uh, like if you if you dance hard enough, you you end up getting that endorphin rush, and all of a sudden, it, it really it enhances how you feel and and whatnot. So, with that said, moving on, uh, we're on number six of my twelve reasons that dance is my religion. <laughs> While well, many religions learn the basis of their faith from ancient scripture, uh, a great deal of learning is taught through oral tradition that has been passed on through from generation to generation to generation. Um, and I think that this is actually one of the ways that dance is most closely representative of religion. Um, dance is one of the last traditions that I'm I'm aware of at all, uh, that is almost completely passed on orally and ritually from generation to generation. Yes, we are in an age where you can get recordings of these things. But even when you watch a recording, you don't know how somebody interpreted something or if they messed something up or the orchestra is too fast and the timing changed. Um, So it really is one of the few things in the world today that is almost completely passed on from person to person, from generation to generation. And not just because you're a direct bloodline, but because you are a part of this this community. I think it's really quite fascinating. All right, number seven. This one, apparently, I got really short with this one. Um, I I give all my glory to my art, and that's true. I feel like I have completely turned over myself to my art, and I, I don't think that anything that... I have achieved wouldn't would have been possible without my art, um, and I will do anything for it, including sitting on the bus and trains for hours upon hours a day. Uh, today, I how long did, was I on public transport? I was on public transport for probably seven hours today. No, seven and a half, because fun little side story, look at me getting all sidetracked. This is what happens when I record a podcast at 10.42. I was on a Bolt bus today and right before we entered Lincoln Tunnel to go across from New Jersey to New York, a car tried to cut off our bus and it didn't succeed and it scraped along the entire side of our bus. So, As we drove through the tunnel, they honked back and forth at each other the entire time. And then when we got out, I actually got to walk on the ground right outside of Lincoln Tunnel. Because we had to stop and get out because they had to leave everything there to have the police come. So, (laughs) a little sidetracked there. But yeah, I'm willing to put up with all these crazy situations because I give all my glory to my heart. All right, we are... Fast-tracking to number 12, so now we are officially to number nine um, Just like the holiday season brings families together in the name of religious events Ballet brings dancers together for something special every time that they begin preparing for a performance All the way up until they actually perform uh, there's it, it's there's just uh, a certain feeling that you get as you progress through the process of putting performance on. You have the beginning stages where you're learning the step, like step by step by step. Then you have the next stage where you're sort of piecing the the work together. Um, you sort of stop and start and stop and start. And then at a certain point, you start running it and then you get on stage and then you might tech it with the lights. And then by dress rehearsal, you get the the orchestra involved, and then you have your series, and sometimes a series, depending on where you dance, could be for uh, just one weekend, sometimes it could be for an extended period of time, but there's always a warm holiday-like bond by the end of a performance series, where everybody is just on this, everybody feels good, everybody is generally happy with each other um and there there are very few things like that and it, it really it feels like at the end of every performance series it's a holiday it's really quite quite a beautiful thing um that's one thing that i think is hard for dancers as you retire because you you don't often get to experience that once you retire and it's it's hard to not have it as regularly um as you once did so there's that one. Okay, this next one. Oh God, I forgot about this one. This one, I actually, I used to take hot yoga, like hot, hot yoga. Not Bikram, but it was like hot hatha and hot uh, vinyasa. I love yoga. I don't take I don't take classes as often as I used to, and I miss that. When I'm in New York, I'll be able to, um, but I haven't been able to find a, a studio in Philadelphia that was as exceptional as this one in, in uh, Seattle that we used to go to called Urban Yoga Spa. Um, and because of the heat and because of the intense workout, uh, I always felt that by the end of class, when we were we were laying in corpse pose, that I would have these epiphanies. Um, and this one is one of those epiphanies that I had. And I thought it was hilarious. And every time I tell this, uh, nobody laughs. So. I hope if you're in your car, or if you're, I don't know, sitting on public transport and listening to this, that maybe it gives you a little chuckle, because I still think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I have this ongoing joke that I'm going to create my own personal religion. I mean, who does that today? Maybe I'll be the person to do it. The name of my religion shall be called exorcism, <laughs> or the religion of exercise. See, I got you there. It's E-X-E, not E-X-O. <laughs> um, but it would be a glorious religion. It would—it makes you feel good. It treats your body and soul well. It inspires people to do good, <laughs> and it makes all of us all around better people. <laughs> so cheers to exorcism. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was laying in corpse pose and I was that—that's actually, I mean, I wrote this post in 2014, but this probably happened in like 2010 where I was just like, you know what? I'm not a religious person, but it's, it's almost like it's true. Like exercise is my religion and it makes me feel better about myself it makes me want to do good for other people um and it it really connects me to so many people in the dance world um it's such a great camaraderie of community and whatnot so um i mean i don't know if exorcism is the right term for it but it just sounded appropriate so um maybe if you want to get that bandwagon started if you want to jump on that (laughs) um we'll see where that goes unlikely though Alright, almost to the end here. So, just like there are multiple sects of religion, there are multiple sects, that's a hard word to say with such pronunciation, of dance. Um, Ballet, for instance, it has classical, neoclassical or Balanchine style, um, and contemporary ballet. So that's just the... A small breakdown. But you can even break these down into smaller denominations of ballet. Like Vaganova technique, Chiquetti, Bourneville, the French School the Royal Academy of Dance, and so much more. Um, If you don't know what those are, remember I did a two-part podcast back in January that uh, interviewed nine experts from around the world about these techniques. So if you don't know what those are or you want to find out more information, you can go back and listen to that. But uh, if you think about other things involved in dance, non-ballet sects have spanned from modern dance to postmodern and tap, jazz, contemporary, uh, pop, locking, hip hop, and beyond. While some followers of these sects of dance only hold values for their one form of dance, dancers display the most inspirational openness to joining and sharing in other forms of dance. I think the world could learn a lot from it today. (laughs) I'm not going to get into the politics of this, though. But in the spirit of collaboration, exploration, and growing one's idea of dance, most dancers are open to crossing into other belief systems. If only we could experience this today in religions across the world. I mean, just imagine what a better place the world would be if we could just treat it like dance does. (laughs) All right. I think I've beaten that one into the ground. All right. The last thing that I had, so my number 12, the 12 reasons that dance is my religion. Even if I turn my back on dance, it will always be there waiting to accept me back with open arms. doesn't matter if I were to take five years off. I've seen friends that they had a horrible split from, from dance. Uh, maybe they got fired uh, from their contract, or as we like to say, they got laid off and non-reengaged. Um, or maybe they had a severe injury, but um, I see this a lot in my my lower uh, technique level class, my basic ballet and my advanced beginner ballet, dancers returning to dance after going and getting a degree, becoming a lawyer, doctor, having an injury, and when they left they thought they would never do it again, but they find themselves falling back in love with it. So. I do truly believe that if I ever did fall out of love with dance, that it will be there waiting for me uh, to accept me back with open arms. What a beautiful thing. (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed me rehashing this old blog post. Um, if you, if you like this, uh, first off again, I suggest you go check out my blog live of a freelance dancer. Uh, online. Um but if you really, really like this and you'd like almost like an audiobook of my blog, um <laughs> go ahead and leave me a comment, send me a message, um, and I will try to do more of these for you. Because without you guys, there's really no reason for me to be talking into my phone speaker. <laughs> Alrighty, so I I I really hope that you you like this format, um, and I hope that you have a lovely weekend. So with that, that is the end of this episode. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorliss.com. Again, that's www.b-a-r-r-y-k-e-r-o-l-l-i-s.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book masterclasses in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B Corollas, or Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, as if I haven't told you this enough in this episode, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I have been writing about working as a freelance artist for over five years. I also have two YouTube channels, B Corollas featuring my choreography and choreography. That's Core Dashography, featuring my choreographic web series that tells the life defining stories of professional dancers through revealing interviews and choreography. Thanks for listening in to Pod Chat. I hope you return next Friday to Talk Dance with Me. And remember to go out and support your local dance.